0: Welcome to Florida Matters More, the podcast for Florida Matters, WUSF public media show about the issues and events that Floridians care about. I'm Robin Sussingham, and I host Florida Matters along with Carson Cooper. I'm here in the studio with Florida Matters producer Stephanie Colombini. Hey, Stephanie. Hi. And also joining us today is Mary Shedden. She's the WUSF news director. Hi, Mary. Hey, Robin. You can hear Florida Matters Tuesday evenings at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7 or streaming on WUSF.org. Well, this week on Florida Matters, we continued a project that we started a couple years ago called Telling Tampa Bay Stories. Okay, I want to start off by saying the name is not good enough for these (laughs) interviews okay the name is boring telling Tampa Bay stories but the interviews are so compelling and um, Stephanie I just wanted to start off with you you were out there um, for all the where this was Progress Village in Tampa and where
1: physically is that so it's kind of near the center of Hillsborough County. It's off Interstate 75 near Riverview and Gibson 10, um maybe 15 minutes from downtown or something like that. But um, so, yeah, it's out in Hillsborough what, County. And What does it look like? Right now, I mean, it looks like you're... You know, average neighborhood with shopping centers, schools, plenty of homes. Um, it's a lot different from what residents say it looked like when it was first formed.
0: Is it just like a cont- continuation of sort of suburban sprawl? In, Is that kind of what it looks in like? A way, now? A, yeah. as, as
2: anybody who's lived in Florida for probably 30, 40 years, they'll kn- they know that idea of a neighborhood that existed and it was probably on a two lane road. 40 years ago, and now there's a Home Depot half a mile from it, um, new apartment
1: complexes. The chain restaurants. Exactly. Right. That kind, kind of. of you uh, the, can't
0: really tell the difference between well, that there's, and.
1: Well, there's sort of this stark contrast where the, the homes of what you know as kind of the original Progress Village, Mm -hmm. look very different, kind of smaller homes. Ranch style. Yeah, ranch style. And then you kind of leave Progress Village proper, I guess you would say. And then you see these massive, modern townhome developments, those big complexes with fountains going everywhere. So it's kind of like a shock when you leave sort of the neighborhood We're kind of talking about the historic...
0: Right. Progress
1: Village. And the people that we're talking
0: to, they live in that or lived in that area. Yes. Which is
1: over 50 years old now.
0: Right.
2: It's it's, what, the first homes uh, were built in 1960. Is that right?
1: That's when they started moving in. I think construction started in the late 50s. um, So they're approaching their 60th anniversary. Um, And so we spoke with people who had been there from pretty much day one, Mm -hmm. um, or at least in those kind of first five years or so. And then we met some people who came later in life. Well,
0: what was interesting, um, I can't remember... The the might have been Emmanuel P. Johnson who was saying, I mean, sounds like back then it was in the middle of nowhere. So it sounds like what the city of Tampa kind of did was they wanted to build uh, affordable housing, um, low income housing. But they put it sort of way out there. They put it away from metropolitan Tampa, and and he said there was not even streetlights, right, not right. even a post office. Well, they didn't deliver mail there. And yeah. this
2: was this was um, an area that was it, there. Nobody was out there. Nothing was out there. But the fact was, there were a lot of families coming back to Tampa post World War II veterans, African Americans who had served in the service had gotten great jobs. They were working as police officers as truck drivers. They were professionals, but they couldn't live anywhere in
0: Tampa at
2: the time because it was still segregated.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. So this was sort of the, that, this was that cusp area, at that mm-hmm. time in early right. 60s between segregation and desegregation. Really interesting right, time. Right. So how did you, uh, Mary, you know, how did you decide to focus on Progress Village for this for, for this show. For this show. So this is the
2: second time we've done telling Tampa Bay stories. And I will agree that the name, we wanted to leave it open enough, but because we didn't want to define what it is each time we go into a community. But we started two years ago, actually, in a neighborhood in um, in St. Petersburg that's known as Midtown. And we did that partnership um, with some students from USF St. Petersburg, and we we it's kind of like a story core idea and so we know what the places we want to go whenever we do it you know this time or next time we want to go someplace where you don't hear these stories i've lived in the tampa bay area almost 20 years I never had seen Progress Village, and I never knew about it, other than maybe uh, a a TV news shot of a crime scene or something like that that usually is sensationalistic. And there's this rich history of what these families do, who they are, what they've contributed to their neighborhood, but also to the greater community.
0: Yeah, what that community was like historically. It was fascinating. So how did you get the
1: word out for people to come be interviewed? Well, we had help from um, USF journalism students. We partnered up with an advanced reporting class. Um, So their teacher, Jeanette Abrahamson, Abramson Abramson. Jeanette (laughs) Abramson who was so helpful her and her students went out in the community they contacted local churches or the civic council went to beauty parlors kind of you know spread the word put out uh, flyers and oh yeah tried you know said hey we're hosting these interview sessions come share your story so how many people showed up um, a, oh, over, over a dozen, th- yeah. so maybe yeah. even two dozen. Right. And we did it over two days.
2: And one of the things is uh, late in the summer, um, Stephanie and Jeanette Abramson and I, we went out. And so we actually went and saw Progress Village for the first time. And um, we realized that there was this community center, this brand new, you know, two-story, nice rec center. Right there across the street from the development. And it's called the Emanuel P. Johnson Center. And we went, Oh, well, do you think they'd let us do this here? And we literally walked in and asked the guy, you know, the basketball coach on duty, Could we come and do this there? And it was, re- I think that made a big difference because the people who came to talk weren't just civic leaders in that community, wasn't just elders. We really ended up getting people who just come and go
0: in the rec center, which is their community center. For this first one, now this is a two-part we have, Florida Matters, which is kind of unusual for us. But there were so many good stories. But for this first part, we really did have the elders. And we had Emmanuel P. Johnson himself, who, lo and behold, is still alive, thank goodness. And 96, 96, (laughs) (laughs) talking about what it meant to him to have this building, this building built in his community where he'd lived all his life.
1: Talk about that a little bit. It was so amazing meeting him. I, I said in the show, I was at his house for about four hours because he just talks and talks and you, I couldn't stop him because I, I wanted to hear more about, I mean, things Is that didn't even. Is his house
0: still there
1: yep, in Progress Village? same exact house. Right? Lot one, house one. Yeah, <laughs> unit one. The mm-hmm. same house that he's been in since day one in 1960. And. Um, and I mean, his life alone, he is the grandson of the first black lawyer in Jackson County, Florida, who was a slave, who was taught by this white senator how to read. I mean, he has such an interesting backstory before he even showed up to Progress Village. So I just couldn't get enough of learning about him and the, the community. But his whole role in Progress Village was about helping the young people. So it started in the 60s with his concession stand, and he wanted a place where the kids could hang out so that they weren't just kind of wandering the streets with nothing to do. And so he put his records on, and they'd play and dance and get their RC colas and their frozen cups. So that was his role. And actually, it didn't make it in the show, but he told me that kind of as development increased and times changed, his concession stand had to close. He couldn't afford to keep it up anymore, and it was replaced with a 7 And that, you know, kind of hurt him a little bit, but, you know, he still was that elder kind of honorary mayor in the community and then to years later have the community center named after him where kids could once again play and hang out. That was the, his proudest moment.
0: So which woman was it who was talking about um – going, how all the kids would gather at his, at, in the park. Pam. 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 And I
2: believe Colleton, that may be her Pam. maiden name. And yeah. they ta-
0: even talked about the music that they listened oh to, my and gosh. who were the artists. I mean, she, it was so obviously so, um, still so close for her. So, yeah. like it happened yesterday. It, for it her. was
2: really neat. I, I had the opportunity to sit in on the interview with Pam, and she was just so excited. And it was great because Stephanie had already met Mr. Johnson and had her interview. So, she actually prepared us, um, uh, the students from USF and I, about what to expect. And so, we kind of knew about the concession stand. And so So she mentioned it and the student said, well, tell us more about it. And she started the talking about- details were great. Oh my gosh, and she's talking about James Brown and Wilson Pickett. And we and danced, <laughs> and she, we had five
0: records in that <laughs> jukebox. <laughs> I mean, she remembered it so well.
2: And, and she just lit up while she was mm-hmm. telling those stories. And this is a woman who's now retired. Her kids are grown and moved away. And she actually ended up going, in, um, she became a rec coach, a basketball coach, for the uh, in the community in in Hillsborough County Parks and
0: Rec. Oh wait, it was with her daughter that went on to play in, in the, the WNBA, WNBA. and yes. when she comes back, she's such a role model yeah. for the the kids. I guess what struck me the most was this amazing sense of community there. I I was you know I I did, well I didn't know what to expect. I'd never heard of Progress Village. I had never I didn't know anything about it. But listening to them, honestly. This is good. I don't want this to sound condescending because it was a low income, you know. uh, They built it, the government built it as a low income. But listening to it, I was envious of their community. I thought, you you can't buy that. You Mm -hmm. know, you can't
1: put up a a, a gated community and have what they had. They they were lucky in a lot of ways. How they were formed and the fact that they were so disconnected in the beginning no streetlights, no bus service led to that because. You know, everyone would say in the early days, there was only a handful of people in the entire neighborhood who had a car and they didn't have bus service. So in order to even get your groceries, families had to band together and carpool. And, you know, everyone had to look out for each other just to get their basic needs. So I think that really helped them already form a bond just because they had to. they yeah, use the
2: word, um, a couple of people use the word pioneers. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of a small town being started. And what's interesting is this is in the middle of Tampa. I mean, you've got Brandon to the left. You've got Ybor City to the right or whatever direction you're looking. Um, and it's it's got that sense of community. You hear that with like a place like Ybor City and I think most of us have heard that in the area or uh, I'm trying to think of anywhere else that has just that sense of families bonding together and this really was uh, you know it was started because of segregation and laws that were exclusionary but Man, like you said, I, I I'm envious. And some folks were talking that these were the good old days, and yeah. you know, and like some of uh, and some people are bemoaning that it doesn't happen as much anymore. Right. I think the community center really is an important part. Um, one of the stories you're going to hear in the next show is a father and daughter, and um, the father is a coach in the Progress Village Little League, and his ten year old daughter plays softball, and her brother, older brother, played baseball. And they talk about what a family the, that little league is to them and what it means. So it, the parts are there, and I think we all see that. Um, whether you know it's our own kids doing sports and stuff, but you don't see that in a neighborhood quite like this anymore. I, and
0: I got it. So this was interesting because at, right after I listened to this show, this uh, friend of ours and former colleague, Delia Cologne. Mm-hmm. Um, she tweeted out an article from Vox a couple of days ago, and it had a lot to do with this subject. And the article was called How Our Housing Choices Make Adult Friendships More Difficult. I saw that. By David Roberts. And I just got, I have to read this one part. It says, quote, Our ability to form and maintain friendships is shaped in crucial ways by the physical spaces in which we live. Land use, as it's rather aridly known, shapes behavior and social." sociality. And in America, we have settled on patterns of land use that might as well have been designed to prevent spontaneous encounters, the kind of which rich social ties are built. So this conversation is coming up. I don't know if I'm just paying attention to it more because of this Florida Matters, but it seems like I'm hearing this conversation all of a sudden
1: more and more. That adults are kind of losing the their community. friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you and, and get how do so you... isolated.
0: This was formed organically at Progress Village, and now people are trying
1: to figure out how to get back to it.
2: Right, right, right.
1: Well, and that's what one woman on the show, Dinah, says, who is she talks a lot about the elders and kind of how influential they've been. And she says, I don't know if any, you know, I haven't seen anybody around today in the younger generations who's going to take up the reins. And so there definitely is some worry about how to protect the village's identity because it's kind of – two forces, you know, on the one hand, you've got all these developments cropping up on the outside that are sort of threatening Progress Village. And then within the community, people say sort of the younger people have lost kind of the pride Mm -hmm. in their neighborhood that the older people had when it was kind of just them. And they really had to work hard to get what they wanted and to flourish as a community now that they're sort of established. They worry that the younger generation isn't as proud of where they're from.
2: Yeah, she was practically issuing a challenge to people in yeah. their 40s, <laughs> I, which I thought was great. Uh, and it, and it is. It speaks to, you know, uh, we don't uh, stop and think about that. And I love that. I love that comment from the Vox article because we, I think a lot of people, their friendships as adults develop Uh, based on, say, if you have kids or through your workplace, but not your neighborhood. And this is such a great example of why your neighborhood can be the best place, you know, the most important part of your life.
0: That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Listen to Florida Matters, Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7. You can always find it online at WUSF.org. Can you think of a better name for this series? Let us know at Florida Matters at WUSF.org. And we've got photos of Progress Village on our website, too. Come back next week for another episode of Florida Matters More. We're going to be talking more about Progress Village. And subscribe to Florida Matters More on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher.